Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where we bring you business-focused interviews with thought leaders and executive decision-makers to deliver actionable information for founders, CEOs, and finance leaders to take your organization to the next level. I'm your host, Doug Atberg, and I'm looking forward to getting the conversation started. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. Uh, We have Yanni with us. Just one word, Yanni, like the singer, if you're old like me, or well, both of us, because he because he <laughs> recognized it. And what we're going to be talking about today is where leaders get stuck. Uh, Yanni, please uh, introduce yourself. Well, hi, Doug. Thank you again so much for having me, and, and hello to all the listeners. I, you know, it's, it's funny. I have, I didn't set out to... Uh, understand where leaders get stuck and fix them, or, or even be in leadership. Um, but over the 20 years of the course of my career, that's been a focus. And, and I, I, I would, tr- I travel the country actually speaking. I had the leaders come up to me and say, okay, I totally heard what you're saying. You know, how, how, how do I do this? How do I implement this? Back then I just called it, oh, I was helping leaders be better leaders. Now the kind of sexy word for it is, is coaching. Um, but I think at the end of the day, that's really what I do is, is I help leaders be better leaders. Yeah, well, or I was going to say, oh, coaching, you know, or, or that's like what I do, uh, consulting. People say, oh, you're a consultant. So when did you lose your job? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. I go, oh, you're a consultant. No, now I get it. <laughs> like, it's a bad word. You consultant. No. I know, right? Oh, well, and okay. So, so yeah, the, um, uh, was it, there, there was one, uh, I was part of an ERP implementation where Deloitte showed up and uh, uh, I, I guess, oh, what the heck, they're, they're huge enough and I'm not important enough for them to want to sue me. And so, but anyway, what they do is they they hit us with a team of like about six people. Um, and and you know, essentially what we did was we spent about like four months essentially teaching them how our organization works, during which time they're billing us for everything we're doing. <laughs> uh, so, so just... Just for uh, uh, for any new listeners, that's not how I operate. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I am a I am a solo boutique operation. Um. So, but anyway, getting back on topic, when we talk about leaders getting stuck, in your experience, what does that look like, and kind of what tends to cause that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, what it tends to look like is is not what you would think. A lot of times, when you hear people say, "Oh, we got stuck." You think the car got stuck, the shoe got stuck, uh, a conversation got stuck, yeah. but but when a leader gets stuck, they don't actually feel stuck as much as the organization starts to slow. Oh, gotcha. So, right? So if you're a leader and you're seeing multiple facets of your organization slow, you're probably stuck. Right, because it all as a leader, it's the pinnacle. You are the one that sets the tone, the pace for everything else. Now, every once in a while, you will get a leader who goes, Woo, okay, I feel stuck. And that is usually because a challenge comes up that they weren't ready to navigate. And think about it for a second. When when we go back, think through high school, think through college, whatever training you've had, you weren't trained as a top-level leader executive for everything that's going to come your direction. No. You should expect to get stuck. Yeah. And, and so what a lot of leaders do is they go, oh, well, I hired great people around me. And that is a great way to get unstuck in terms of specific things, right? So yeah. oh, finance, we're stuck with finance. Let's hire a great finance person. Oh, marketing, 
We're stuck with marketing. Let's hire a great marketing person. Well, but that's well, only good. Hey, can I interject for just a second? Please. So one thing I've observed is that hiring great people and giving those great people the authority they need to make a meaningful difference, those are two very different things. And you should not assume that one is going to be, one is going to accompany the other. And Doug, I'm so glad you said that because that is exactly where I was going. Just because you hire those great people, all that it does as a top level leader is it's going to expose where you're weak in that area. And you have to know how to lead people, right? So are either you're going to be the one that fixes it, right? Maybe you're a smaller business where you're the executive, you've got to dive in, or you are going to hire the right people. But here, I cannot tell you how many times people have, oh, we made the right hire. I don't know why they didn't work. You're probably the reason why they didn't work. <laughs> and, and it's a tough, it's a tough thing to say, but can you lead leaders? That's very different than leading people. Well, well it's like there's, um, there, there's one thing I heard one time, which is that, okay, so, so the, the first thing you have to do is you have to understand that you are the source of most of your problems. People say, oh, that stinks. I go, oh, well, okay, yes. But if you're the source of most of your problems, that means you're also the solution to most of your problems. Doug, that is such a big statement. And I'll tell you why. If you're not, we, and there's a word for it, and most of the audience isn't going to want to hear it, but this is the truth. If you are not the source of something negative or a problem in your life, you, by definition, are a victim. And victims have no power. You you don't have any power, right? You get, your car gets sideswiped and you get hit and now your engine doesn't run and your car doesn't run. You were a victim and there's nothing you can do about it. Your car is stuck. If you're stuck because you pulled off to the side of the road and you're lost and you have no place to go and you just don't want to consult the GPS, that's your fault, right? But you have the power to change that. And where it comes for most leaders is just sitting with that moment. Okay, mm-hmm. before I look at any, what's the problem in my organization? Before I look at anybody else, I'm going to look at me and where do I need to change? And by the way, it doesn't just happen for top level executives. We're not just talking C-level. You're a mid-level manager. Yeah. You're the coach of a soccer team. It doesn't matter. What's happening, start with you. Every single time, you'll be surprised what you find when you look in the mirror. Wow, that's yeah, that that that's uh, that, that that's very profound. Um, and you know, and I think a lot of this comes back to really just kind of taking that personal that that, that personal accountability. Um, just because you know, of course, right? You know, you know, say you know, really internalizing, hey, it's my responsibility. You know, that 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 hurts your ego. Um, and you know, depending on the structure of the company you're in, it could impede your career advance. Advance just because you know, at least you know what what I have seen is that um, you know, be, you know, being very vulnerable and self reflective really just in in a lot in a lot of environments will just invite you to get piled on and <laughs> and 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 make it very difficult to advance. And so, so then, you know, if you get to a situation where in order to advance, you need to, to, you know, to ex- display some degree of unjustified bravado, uh, you, you can run into the, um, the, the politician problem, which is where eventually you start believing your own press and then you won't ask for help. Well, and, and you just, when you talked about the environment that you're in, 
for some, why are you there? Yeah. Was it right? Because you came into a management leadership position, that environment, either you made it that way, or it was that way when you come in, came in and you thought I'm going to change it, or you were ignoring it. All of those things are the personal responsibility that you take. Yes. And, and here's the thing. I'm not telling you show up to your team and go, <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I, maybe you need to do that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, look in the mirror for a moment. And, and you know, the, I, I talk about this quite a bit, but one of the best places to do yeah. this is, is look at how, if you have kids, look at how they respond to you mm -hmm. because kids will call you out on your garden. <laughs> You're darn they'll right. You, they will <laughs> all the time. They'll call you out. How do you respond, especially because, you know, there's times they call you out and you're like, oh, crap, I totally. Yep, that's me. Well, how do you respond to them? That's you're probably responding the same way in business and at work. And and that's going to create the environment and the culture. Right. And so, hey, if you need to show and here's yeah. the other thing, leader, mm -hmm. if you're a leader and you're in an environment where X, Y, Z is not usually done but that's the route to success mm -hmm. lead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the point. Well, what if the whole thing fails? I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to probably fail if you don't do it anyway. Cause you yeah. just told me the route to success is that way. So step yeah. out and lead. let me, and, and Doug, let me give you uh, where I see a, a practical problem with this. Uh, you really see this at the C level, especially CEO when um, the market shifts yeah, and the organization didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. And all of the sudden you're like, we're the market leader. We're doing great. Uh, real estate agents uh, really suffer from this. Boom. It's a boom market. Things are going along, but I mean, you can do it. And then all of a sudden, Whoa, where'd all the clients go? Where is everybody? <laughs> you didn't see it coming. Okay. First thing you had, a lot of leaders will go looking around. How come you didn't see it coming? How come? Take some responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> Take a deep breath and ask yourself, and this is the first step in how to get unstuck. Okay. How did I get here? And what do I need to do about it? Yep. Doug, I cannot tell you how many times leaders react instead of just stopping for a moment, yeah. taking a deep breath and asking themselves some hard questions. Reactive people will be led where they don't want to go. Proactive people will lead people where the organization needs to go. Well, well and I was, I was going to say, I think there's, there's one more play I've seen in the playbook that uh, is no, not is probably even less helpful than what you were talking about. Even, even better, even, even less useful than reacting is micromanaging things that don't matter. Um, because I can't tell you how many times I've seen controllers, CFOs. And so I come from finance. And so uh, I have a very deep bean counter background, um, but, uh, but I've seen controllers, CFOs, et cetera. They will micromanage people's expense reports. They'll say, oh, wait, you're traveling. Okay. Well, well why do you need to travel? Okay. Wait, wait, wait a second. Okay. So is there a lower cost flight available? Oh, wait, well, I saw that you stayed at a three-star hotel. Is there a two-star hotel? Okay. 
you're you're talking about completely insignificant <laughs> insignificant things. You know, me, you know, meanwhile they'll have a multi-million or multi-billion dollar enterprise that if if you're focused on this, you can't be steering that ship. And you're probably focusing on this because you know you can't steer that ship. Yeah. Right. right. And so that's the other piece that's really important. You mentioned finance. And I think that's a really, I think that's a really important piece. What are the numbers telling you? Every organization, every business has metrics and numbers. Yeah. Right. What are those numbers telling you? Not just for today. See, this is where we get reactive. Mm -hmm. Are we making a profit? We're making a profit. Wonderful. And then out the door. Hold on. Where are these numbers going? Where are the trends, right? I go back. (laughs) It's going to sound funny. But business is a game of shoots and ladders. Remember that old game? Yes. Yes, I I do. Right? Which is awesome. (laughs) Doug, we did start that way, didn't we? So any any of you under 30, you're not going to get any of this stuff. You're going to look up Yanni live at the Acropolis shoots and ladders. Okay. So you literally, you're you're starting at zero and you're going up to a hundred. And on certain areas, you can take a, a ladder that skips you 30 rungs or a slide that takes you down, which is why you know how old this game is. It's still called a shoot. Um, and, and business does that. The numbers in business will tell you we're, we're about six months away from a pretty big shoot. What do you do with that information? Number one, do you listen to the people that you've hired to tell you that information? Actually, let's go to number 0.5. Have you hired people in your organization to tell you that information? If you have not, that's a problem. Yeah. Number Now, number one, what do you do with that information? You know what most leaders do? This is going to sound crazy. You're like, I don't do this. They go, la, 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 la. And and detaching from reality is the worst thing that a leader could do. Face it. Sit down with your team and go, guys, the shoots and ladder people just spoke to me. In six months, we're going to hit a massive shoot. What do we do about it? Well, and when you were saying that, I'm, I'm going to do a retro, uh, retro movie reference here. Go, uh, Doug. I, I was, uh, I was immediately thinking of uh, the 1992 Mel Brooks uh, movie Robin Hood, Men in Tights, where, uh, <laughs> where, where, <laughs> where Prince John says, "Okay, maybe if you tell me the bad news in a good way, it won't <laughs> yeah. seem so bad." <laughs> That's exactly what you're talking about. It is exactly what I'm talking about, and and so that is. That is one of the main places that leaders get stuck is that we have all these key ways to divest from reality. And you're exactly right. Those in finance, why? And I'll tell you in a second what they do in sales. In finance, they go, hey, what happened? Why do we have this loss? Well, it's this, this, and this, but I want you to know I have micromanaged and I'm making sure that everybody's expense reports are where they need to be. Why? Because you pick the one area that maybe you can control to try and save your bacon. You know how they do it in sales? Hey, how can we lost the Ferguson deal? This is unbelievable. We lost the Ferguson deal. I know, I know, but I've reached out to 97,000 people in the last hour and we're going to, why? Because you go to where you feel you can control things. 
And this is where people like you and I come in. We help you handle the things that feel out of control. Yeah. Whether it's your schedule, whether it's finance, whether it's income, whether it's sales, whether it's the culture of your, I can't tell you how many leaders who are like, we have a great product. We're making tons of money. I can't keep employees. The great resignation. Yeah. Why? Because that was a place they couldn't control. And so they went, well, maybe I won't do anything with it. And now it just spun out of control. Stop with that. Mm -hmm. Reach out to people like you and I, Doug, and and say, hey, help me with this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, and I think that's actually uh, another thing that's that's really important is to know, you know, what, when do you bring in help, right? You know, it is not an admission of weakness if you bring in help necessarily. Uh, In fact, in a lot of cases, it's saying, hey, look, I understand I have blind spots or I understand that I can't cover everything. And so I'm going to bring in somebody. And in a lot of cases, in my view, uh, also in my experience, it actually makes sense to bring in somebody from outside the organization um, because A, you'll get a fresh perspective, but also it's that you know, everybody who you have in your company are doing something. And so if you take somebody who is currently doing something and then add something else to their plate, most likely they will do both things poorly. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, so that, so then, you know, then of course what happens is you necessarily get a half-hearted effort because you'd be like, okay, well, you just increased my workload. Um, and I'm not getting paid anymore. I don't have any more resources. And so now I either, I either have to short my operational responsibilities, or I'm going to need to just barely do enough to get by with this new project. And so if, so if the project is important, you shouldn't be just trying to add it on to people, you know, add it on to the other stuff that people are already doing. You, you, you should find somebody who really specializes in it. I, to illustrate how right you are, Doug, I want us to go to the Walmart greeter. Okay. I don't know if you've ever wondered at these people like I have, but their entire job is to stand there and say, hey, welcome. Hey, thanks for coming. Now, granted, there's some asset management there, right? Because if there's a human being by the door, you're less likely to steal or be crappy at stealing, right? But their entire job is, welcome to Walmart. Hey, glad to have you. Hey, welcome to Walmart. Can I I answer any questions? And, And these people are getting paid, in many cases, the same amount as the checkout person who's working a ton harder. Uh And, and at first you go, why? These people, they could do so much more. They should do stocking around where they are. They should do cleaning. They should do it. But to your point, the moment that they do anything else, they're not doing the singular job that they're there yeah. to do. Cause you to feel like, oh, I was just welcomed. Here's a resource. That is one of their, ma- Walmarts are huge. What happens? I don't want to ask for help, but here's a person in uniform saying, welcome to Walmart. You know what my next statement is? Hey, where can I find the razor blades? Oh, that's over on aisle 19. Now, Walmart doesn't feel like this giant place that you get lost in. Think Home Depot, right? Where you're like, I need a map. It's like a corn maze. You're like, hello, 911. I need to get out of Home Depot. And why? Because now it's creating a customer experience. 
the, it's a it's a fantastic answer. It's one of the many reasons why Walmart has been at the top. Yeah. And and what I'm what you and I are saying to leaders, you ask when you bring in help. You bring in help when the brilliant people that you have hired that are on your team don't give you an answer that makes you go, boom, that's where we're going. People like Doug and I don't 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 reach out to us as the first thing. You have wonderful people on your team. If not, that's your problem. But when the wonderful people on your team don't give you an answer that as the leader you go, that's what's going to take us out. And you don't have that answer either. Okay. What I'm saying to you is don't ignore that. Right. right. So, so in sales, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, it, it, well, we already did sales. Let's go marketing. We're not getting ROI. We're not getting any ROI on that, not nearly what we want on this new campaign. And so the head of marketing is going, I think it's this and this, make some tweaks. It's still not working. Goes to the team. Team, and they all have these crazy ideas. Oh, it's this, it's this, it's this. At that point, you're stuck. That's when you need to get some outside help and say, okay, take a fresh look at this, right? Why? Because I, I'm not a writer. In fact, at one, Doug, at one of my jobs, I was put on email probation. If any of those people are in your audience, they're going to be dying laughing right now. They're like, you're not allowed to send an email until someone else in our organization reads it because you're that bad. Um. I wish I was making this up. I truly do. But, but when you take a look at, 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 at what's happening in that moment, right? I, that was a place where I was stuck. Yeah. And this is an organization that came in and said, hey, you need some help with this, right? When you, they wouldn't let me ignore it. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is, and, and let me give a practical piece. Well, of course, I, I, I was just going to interrupt you for, for a little bit. Uh, but I was going to say, when you said email probation, the first thought I had was I said, I think I, I would absolutely love to read if I said, okay, I want to get a draft of a sales letter. <laughs> I, I would love to read a sales letter draft from somebody who got put on email probation. <laughs> hey, I'm much better now. But the, uh, I have to admit, I look back on it now and I'm like, oh, I'm surprised I sold anything. Yeah. I mean. Because in paragraph four, yes, paragraph four. I don't know who's reading these. I still get some every once in a while. Um, anyway, back on topic. Yeah, no, I love it. So look, this is the big question then. Hold on. I'm a professional in this. I've been doing this X amount of years. I hired professionals who are amazing at this. Why are you any different? And I'm going to tell you why. Let's go back to my email. Mm -hmm. when you stare at bad long enough, it starts to become not bad, right? I, now, I don't want to go to relationships, so I won't, yeah. but there's probably a play there. But when you stare at bad long enough, right? This is why, um, now I don't know how true this story is, but my understanding is the, the division in the FBI that deals with counterfeit, yeah. they don't study counterfeit dollars they literally study inside and out actual money okay so that at any moment they can spot something that's counterfeit 
when you study bad, when you're immersed in it, right? And we can all think about it, right? Coke came out with new Coke. Kodak invented yeah. the digital camera and then said, eh, we don't need, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on. There's lots of case studies. Too many. Sometimes it is, it, it is an outside professional. Look, you and I have been doing this for a lot of years. I've been coaching for 20 years. I've been coaching leadership. I've been coaching. Actually, I've been coaching the nonprofit world in ministry. Yeah. I've, I've sales market operations. I've been a director of operation, right? So yeah. sometimes you need an outside perspective to go, wait a minute. I'll come back to finance since that's your world. How come all of your spreadsheets are literally hard coded. <laughs> and <laughs> why don't we point that back to that back to sometimes you need an outside perspective yeah. from a professional. Yeah, no, completely, completely. And uh, all right, well, let's see. So uh, since we're, since I don't want to take up too much of everybody's time, uh, why don't you give us one last thought to uh, cap us off and then let people know where they can learn more, where they can find your website or your newsletter or uh Whatever, however you'd like him to connect. So I appreciate that, Doug. My last thing to the, uh, to the audience is this. You, it's okay to get stuck. It's human to get stuck. Don't stay stuck. Getting stuck is, is, is not necessarily your fault, but staying there, that's what creates the disaster. Humility is going to get you out. Uh, you can find me. Uh, our website is gratsllc.com, G-R-A-T-S-L-L-C.com. It is primarily dedicated to the nonprofit world of what we do, uh, but mm -hmm. it's still, it's the best way for you to find out more about me um, and what we do. And, and then it's my crazy first name. You can see it on the screen, Yanni. That really actually, it's yeah. not, it's not pronounced Ioannis. It is Yanni. <laughs> yeah. I-O-A-N-N-I-S at grazlsc.com. And um, that's my, that's my piece. Please. Sometimes you yep. just need an outside perspective. If you don't believe me, go look at people's Christmas lights. They needed an outside perspective. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Yanni. And I hope you have a great day. Bye, Doug. All right. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to TerminalValuePodcast.com. For more information, please visit BusinessOfLifeLLC.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.